Welcome everybody to Rumsey Connections. My name is Meredith Gaskins. Today I am joined with Alex Lutz, our VP of Marketing at Rumsey, along with Dan Ryan, our Senior Director of Local Market and Sales here at the Advance, along with the Chair of the Emergency <laughs> Department of Medicine at Rumsey and Jean Gordon, our Assistant Vice President of Emergency Department Nursing. Welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for Thank having you. us. Of guys. course. Through Rumsey Connections, you will meet the fantastic doctors, nurses, medical professionals, and partners that make hospital thrive. On Rumsey Connections, we'll provide useful information about your own health, explore the latest medical news, and hopefully get you answers to some of your own medical and health-related questions. Richmond University Medical Center has opened its new state-of-the-art 35,000-square-foot emergency department. The department features larger trauma and urgent care areas, as well as dedicated units for pediatrics, cardiac and stroke emergencies, sexual assault victims, and much more. Rumsey's previous emergency department was built in 1978, and it was designed to care for around 30,000 patients a year and simply could no longer keep up with the high demand for Rumsey's emergency care services. Today, close to 60,000 patients are seeking care each year. Named in honor of former Staten Island Borough President and Rumsey Trustee James P. Molinaro, the new emergency department is the centerpiece of over $250 million in capital improvements that continue to unfold at Rumsey. In a time when health equity and access to quality care is top of mind across our country, this new emergency department is a symbol of Rumsey's continuing commitment to being guardians of our community's health and well-being. So I told you today we are joined by the leaders of our emergency department, Dr. Jonathan LeBaron and Jean Gordon. Dr. LeBaron earned his doctoral degree from UMDNJ School of Osteopathic Medicine and completed a residency in emergency medicine and a fellowship in emergency medicine administration at New York Presbyterian in Queens, New York. Dr. LeBaron joined Rumsey in November 2020 in the midst of a pandemic. As Assistant Vice President of Emergency Services, Jean Gordon provides nursing leadership for the emergency department. After a short stint in critical care early in her career, Jean transitioned to emergency nursing. Jean received her BSN from the College of Staten Island, a master's degree from Hunter College, and a graduate certificate from Adelphi University. Welcome both of you and thank you for joining us once again. Uh, we'll start with you, Dr. LeBaron. What can patients expect when they arrive at the new emergency department in terms of medical professionals, technology, and care? Thank you guys both again for having us. I give us the opportunity to, to talk about our new emergency department. So I want to take the opportunity to put it in the eyes of a patient that's been to Richmond University before and, and knows the experience that was what we had prior to where we are now. As those patients will recall, was a bit more dark there, a little bit dreary, not nothing like what we would want to be the face of Richmond University when they come to our emergency department for medical care. And the medical care there was fantastic. You know, that's the part that I would always hang my hat on is how great the care was at Richmond University and, and how proud I am of what happens 24-7 there, whether I'm in the hospital or not in the hospital. But what did not live up to our standards was the environment that that care took place in. I said it was 1978 when it was first year. That was well before my time here. I got to be honest, I don't know. I did not know when it first opened up. So that's a bit of news to me, but I understand it underwent a lot of transitions to become the department that it was today. And the environment itself really lends to that. Like there's parts of the department that 
I would get lost in that I didn't even know existed. It's just like, what is this doing? It was just, you know, parts that were added to meet every new challenge that arose. And they did a fantastic job with that, mostly because the backbone of that department, the nurses that work there, doctors that work there, uh, PAs that work there are incredible. So we were unbelievably proud to have this new emergency department to really showcase what patients should be expecting when they come to an emergency department. So the first thing that they're going to notice is that it's bright, it's clean, it's brand new. And that's something that has not gone away yet that I don't expect to go away anytime soon because the other piece that we had from our previous emergency department that we brought forward to this emergency department is the housekeeping there is unbelievable, like spotless throughout the entire place. Uh, 24-7, they keep that place looking absolutely beautiful. That's not going away anytime soon. I don't expect that to go away any soon. So when they walk in, they should expect a bright, clean, beautiful emergency department. They should expect to be greeted uh, by a nurse, first and foremost. That's the first person they see when they come to the emergency department, not a registrar, not a security guard, but a, a nurse who has some sort of medical background who understands what a medical emergency is and understands what needs to be pushed ahead and brought to the front of the line and seen immediately by one of our providers. And then the conditions that can wait a little bit of time to be seen while we end up dealing with the true emergencies that end up walking through, which we deal with regularly uh, in the emergency department multiple times over the course of a day. Uh, they should then expect to see a smiling doctor or a smiling PA, a smiling care provider to end up working them up, assessing them, figuring out what's wrong with them. Uh, and they should expect to be seen and treated in an environment, again, that's not only clean, but an environment that's both private and that's comfortable. The emergency department we were in, again, very tiny, was meant for 30,000. We were seeing 60,000 in there for a long time. And when you have to double up on a space that now, let's be honest, might have not been there for 30,000, was probably meant for a little bit less than that. You're already kind of doubling up and crowding people into that. You know, you lose some of that privacy that you ended up gaining with the Skomer Emergency Department. And while it is significantly bigger from where we were, we're still seeing the same amount of patients. And then that means that every patient has that much more space to end up getting cared for and seen. And they should expect to have that privacy and expect to have that privacy maintained while they're in the emergency department, which is fantastic when you're dealing with uh, a health condition that you just aren't going to feel comfortable talking in the open, right? This is something that you want to keep first and want to keep just between you and the provider who's taking care of you. So they should expect to have that. And uh, again, it should be comfortable. And uh, the place there, all the stretches are brand new. All the chairs are brand new. The entire environment is made with patient experience first and foremost. Every room has uh, a TV, room for seating, room for their loved ones to be with them when they're getting worked up and evaluated. The vertical space that we have, the last year's areas that we have, have uh, charging USB ports built in. So if they end up wanting to use their cell phone and charge it up, they have that opportunity to them. And it makes the weight much more bearable when they're going through the process of being worked up. And then while they're being worked up, again, the medical care has always been incredible at Mumpsy. Since I've been there, there, there's not one thing that I would hold against the medical care there. And we provide like really cutting edge stuff there. When I came here and I found out that they were doing thrombectomy uh, for stroke patients, which is something that we had just brought to New York Presbyterian Queens, I was blown away. That's something that takes a lot of administrative work and a lot of work in the background to really stand up and get running. And, and they have it set up so that that's care that the patients can receive in our hospital in their backyard without having to get transferred to Manhattan, without having to go to another facility to end up getting that higher level of care. Uh, and the stroke care is fantastic. Trauma care is fantastic. In a trauma center, uh, Manhattan has, God, I want to see like three or six of them total. So that's Manhattan. This is Staten Island. And we have one right in your backyard that's available to, to come and see. And that's, that's really 
know, it, it's tough for the community to understand how big a deal that is. But someone like me who's involved with working in emergency departments understand that that's a really big deal to bring to a community because the amount of people that go behind a level one oh, trauma center. Right. It's not just the doc that you're seeing in the emergency department. It's not just the trauma surgeon you're seeing in the emergency department. It's not just the emergency department nurses. It's a whole army of specialties that are at their beck and call to deal with whatever medical emergency ends up coming to them. And so the patient has always expected that when they come to Rumsey and will continue to expect that moving forward. Um, so clearly a lot that they're expecting. Yes. I mean, to the to the layman who doesn't understand what a level one adult trauma, level two pediatric, what exactly is, what does that mean? What, is, what do those designations mean? Yeah, so it's, you know, their designations passed down from the American College of Surgeons. It's criteria that you have to meet. Mm -hmm. That um, you know the American College of Surgeons outlines the criteria. They come in. Mm -hmm. We work very hard to meet the criteria: education, supplies, services, uh, resources. Yeah, to, to the layman, you know, I, I don't know if the title matters nearly as much as like everything that's kind of put behind it. And to your point, they, they they're not going to understand well what a level one trauma center means in terms of making sure you tick mark all the boxes. But it does mean. Having things like an oral maxillofacial surgeon on call does mean things like having making sure your endoscopy suite can run 24-7 does mean making sure you have uh, multiple ORs that can run in the case that there's some sort of traumatic emergency that occurs where you have to get taken to the OR and that that can happen at the drop of a hat. And if you're looking at like a typical community center, a typical community hospital, Oh, those are things where oftentimes they don't have a surgeon in-house who can come down immediately to take you to an OR. And if they have the surgeon, they definitely don't have the OR nurse, the anesthesiologist. They don't have the staff set up to make that happen right away. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times those are cases that in India transferred to another center to end up getting that definitive care. So this was the first ED to open up post-pandemic, correct? Mm -hmm. So that's a huge accomplishment and, and something that I think this city needs. But I think what's really unique about what you've shared is that everything is built around care. No matter how much technology and how state-of-the-art everything is, care is the genuine thing that you built this all around. So I really, I commend you. I think you guys are incredible. It's a gorgeous facility over there. The tours we've taken have been incredible and, and just, we appreciate you being in the community to do this. So thank you. We appreciate all the effort that went in to um, get the ER up and running and we worked with the design team the uh, for, I don't know, a year and a half maybe, like very frequently, and it's all centered around the patient, right? It's patient-centered care. It's uh, deciding how best to set up the ER, like all the things that you know from practice that have to be put in place. We actually had the opportunity to meet with the design team and say, this is best for flow. This is how we want to design it. This is how we want, uh, you know, the patients need some privacy. We want to make sure we give them that option. And um, so it was a great, great opportunity for people that are into emergency medicine to actually have the opportunity to design exactly how you want to see it. Well, that's something that, you know, when you're in an emergency room, if you are unfortunately there for into an emergency the dills and the details, but you don't see all that goes into that plan because you know you're, you're there for a particular reason. But Gene, if you can walk us through that, I mean, you guys get this blueprint of thirty-five thousand square feet. How do you look at that and say, okay, I've got to look at patient flow. I have to lay this out in a certain way that makes things work. And it's 
coordination between multiple departments throughout the hospital. So how was that process like? So as Jonathan mentioned, when the patient first comes in, right, that that's our first opportunity. So the patient comes in, they're greeted by a nurse, then they enter the ER. There's an area in the front where there's actually two triage areas rather than one. So we can get the patient seen much quicker. You know, the rapid area, allowing Jonathan mentioned the chairs and the rapid area to have the patient seen. We can actually have them wait inside the ER if we're waiting for testing uh, vertically and um, move the patients quickly in and out of the of the room so they can get seen timely. So all of these things, and you go back into the main ER where uh, the trauma resuscitation area is, right? All the equipment and all the staff are available in that area to take care of the patient. The ambulance comes right in, right off the ambulance door and goes into a resuscitation bay, which is three times the size, four times the size of our previous trauma area and has all new specialized equipment. And, um, you know, you talked about the trauma designations. So the staff also need specialized training. All the nurses are trained, the physicians, you know, also are required special training for the trauma designation. So all the equipment, as mentioned, is brand new. Uh, you know, having a method to uh, distribute medications from a machine right in the trauma area rather than actually having to leave the trauma area. All these things um, went into uh, the thought process when we were first designing it. So to me, it's very yeah. yeah, it's a lot, a lot of iteration. Okay. You know, I mean, that's that, that that's when we have 60,000 patient encounters a year, that's 60,000 times to try something new literally every time we bring it to the patient. And Gene will tell you, you know, we've spent countless hours meeting with the design team, meeting with every department in that hospital. Uh, and at the end of the day, you know, it's something that we're going to continue to do moving forward. We put our best foot forward with that initial attempt, but every day since we've been opening, we've been finding new things to go back to, to improve, to make the care and the experience of the patient ends up getting better. But there's not only us that's excited about the the change, it's the whole hospital community. Mm-hmm. I think that's, um, you know, this is a community hospital. We're treating our family, our friends. So everybody has bought into this and are very excited to um, be part of it. Absolutely. And well, playing off of that, what impact has this had on the staff? Because many of them worked in the old emergency room. What has it been like for them transitioning to the new facility? Well, as you can imagine, the transition is huge, right? But they're very excited. There's definitely a learning curve. And now they're getting comfortable, right? Now it's everybody's... Uh, know, getting used to the space and um, they're very excited to be there. Mm -hmm. Many family members have been brought in through the community day. So, you know, right from the beginning, I think the staff was very, very. They're incredibly excited. Like the smiles have not stopped. I mean, this is an environment that is able to finally match the level of care that they're providing to the patients. Like they have been, they provided such a high level of care for so long, and it's nice to put them in an environment that actually mirrors that level of care that they're providing. And it's a, a group of people that are unbelievably caring. Like the emergency department staff, again, they see staff, they see people and patients at their very best and at their very worst, and they develop a, a huge sense of caring in dealing with that. You know, you can't see different spectrums of that emotion and the, the patient experience and not develop like this just innate sense of understanding what people are going through and being truly empathetic. 
And they bring that to every encounter. So they're very happy to have an environment that finally matches that empathy that they've been giving this entire time. So they are beyond thrilled. The smiles have not left. They're working on transitioning that new space, but they very happy to be there. And as a community, the hospital and the geography of Staten Island, I'm imagining a good percentage of the staff are from Staten Island or live exactly. on Staten Island. This so that is, makes they are very much their community hospital and they're, you know, the, I think we always gave excellent care, but it was in a very close environment, right? <laughs> so now to have the opportunity to actually have the space to work in and mm -hmm. to give the patients the privacy they deserve and to give the community really what they deserve in, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the facility wise. And it's a beautiful space. I mean, even again, back to the care that, that Rumsey provides, we had a personal experience where my wife ended up in the ER and the group of, of doctors and nurses that, that cared for her were incredible. And at the, in the same time, in the same breath, a child came in that had an accident and the amount of attention that they were given the child and the family and the mother and everybody, the other care. And at the same time, being able to turn around and pay attention to my wife and care for her at the same time and multiply that by however other many people were in the ER. We walked out of there feeling, I mean, we truly feel like it's family there. And we always have. We have both of our kids there, um, and it's it's been something that's it's unique to to the North Shore of the island to be able to have that kind of offering and care. And that's what, to be honest with you, one of the things that has constantly been back on my mind to make sure we don't lose. Like there, there's something that comes with taking care of people and being in an environment where you're literally like right on top of each mm -hmm. other. Is that you form a camaraderie not only with the person sitting next to you, but I mean, the patients are right there the entire time. So, I mean, you form, there's some regular, we have a, a regular that brought us in flowers and catered like a whole lunch for us uh -huh. uh, because he's like so happy with the care that he gets there. And he feels like he's truly part of our community, our family there. And, and making sure you don't lose that in growing the scale and becoming such a big operation. It, it's uh, a challenge that we're working on. I'm, I'm trying to keep it back in my mind, but to, to your point, you know, it's something that I think is unique to the Rumsey experience that you know, I definitely don't want us to lose track of because that's what a community should expect from its emergency department is a place where, you know, one, they can take care of anything, which is something that I think is also unique to Rumsey in the sense that we have level one trauma, we have with the great stroke care that they end up receiving, we have the safe scene center. We have so many services that we can end up offering that you really don't get from it to be honest, but what through with that, we were able to offer a true community feel and walk down light stuff, but we'll get there as long yeah. as we keep it in mind. And you also have, you know, there's a, we talked about, uh, American mentioned earlier on the, the access to healthcare is an issue. And I'm sure you have a percentage of patients that unfortunately, because of that lack of access, view the emergency department as their primary care physician. So you're seeing car accidents and the worst the trauma, a high-level trauma, but you're also seeing people walking in that would normally be going to a primary care provider, but they're coming to the emergency room because that's the closest health care they can reach. So you're taking care of both ends of the, the spectrum here. Yeah, I think that we've made efforts to meet the needs of the community. Different, you know, we identified the need, like you mentioned, the safe center. Uh, we're the only uh, sexual assault uh, examiner program on Staten Island. Mm -hmm. um, right now, we're working on our uh, geriatric uh, program trying to you know um, meet meet the needs of that population. Uh, so some of the patients that we get in, the uh, the geriatric patients, this may be the only opportunity we have right to hook them into services and make sure that they have the proper follow up. So 
we're hoping with the focus on the geriatric care, we can even improve that for our community. But the different populations, like the beautiful pediatric area that they built for us, we had a pediatric section, but it wasn't, it didn't look exactly the way the new one does. And it's a, you know, a great space and child friendly. And, um, you know, again, we're excited to share that with the community. Yeah, the, the new pediatric section is great. So the, the last one, you know, it left a lot to be desired. But, but one thing that stuck with me was that, you know, pediatric ranges from zero days old to 21 year old, and that's still considered a pediatric patient. But then you stick a 17 or an 18 year old coming in with an adult prop in that room that has Mickey Mouse staring yeah, at that. The Mickey box. Mouse really bothered Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just like, why do we have Mickey Mouse on the wall? I was in my pediatric uh, doctor's office for probably well beyond 21. So that, that stuck with me when I go in my hair. There's no Mickey Mouse on the wall. <laughs> no ER. I have to be the one to tell you that. That's a lot, more, uh, a lot more time was. Like, there's nice accentuations which make it a bit more comfortable for a pediatric patient but it, it, you're not going to feel weirded out going in there and have a donald duck wash you know a duck getting you know, dressed and everything like that and it's it's a much better environment so it's all exciting that you, you get the the call that this new ed is is going to be built and the countdown and then all of a sudden you get the green light it's time to move into the new ed but you can't just shut off the patients while you're doing that so walk us through that that day when you finally got the green light. We're moving from this 1978 built emergency room to the brand new pristine ED. How do you do that when you also now have to move patients, some of whom have probably come in pretty critical? Well, I'll let Jonathan give you the details on that since he wrote the plan. <laughs> I will tell you that the plan was in process for a long time before <laughs> the actual day. I mean, we knew it was going to happen and we we're going to get the green light and we had to make sure... The staff was prepared. Uh, we were prepared that, you know, everything went smoothly. And, um, you know, I think it did. I think it went very well. Yeah. So in, in the, much like building the department took literally an entire village, moving the department, same thing, took an entire village. We met on the plan for a solid month and, and things that need to go into that are really all the ways and places that patients can move. So it's not just patients coming in from walk-in that you have to worry about. It's not just patients coming in from ambulance that you have to worry about moving. It's not just patients that you're actively treating and actively resuscitating that you have to worry about. But then you have patients that need to go to testing, that need to go to radiology. You have patients that are in the process of getting admitted and need to find their bed upstairs. You have patients that might be out of department currently getting testing that you have to account for and make sure that you're taking care of them when they end up coming back. And you have to make sure that you're available for the community, right? You can't just shut the doors and say that we're not seeing anybody. You have to be ready to uh, take phone calls for critical patients as they come in. So it was a very, it was a lot less complex than it sounds ultimately, which was good. And it really involved trying to keep people in place that could stay in place and then moving them up at a later time, uh, doing our best to shut off as much of that flow coming in from the outside as we could. Uh, we partnered with EMS and went on diversion. Diversion is when we ask other uh, the ambulances to go to other areas that are not impacted by something as big as this move was. And then really just making sure that we stayed coordinated and that everyone on the team internally knew when we were moving patients, then everyone in the team in the hospital knew when we were moving patients and just made sure that every one of them was accounted for during the move. It's a big unit. So most floors in the hospital are something like 30 patients, I think. And at the time of day that this move took place, which was 
uh, 3 p.m. on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, we, if I remember correctly. <laughs> pretty much the peak of our of our time with patients there. And it's, what, 50, 60 patients that do account for. So double the size of a floor and you're moving, like literally every one of those patients while dealing with new patients that are coming in. So it is a big job and a big unit, but we had mentally rehearsed it several times. We had a few days leading up to the event to do dry runs of the actual, the actual move. Uh, and all the department heads stay behind. Nobody even wanted to leave. Nobody yeah. even answered. <laughs> yeah. and, and Jean and her team were really uh, incredible in, in making the move. I mean, the docs were just, you know, tell us where we need to go and we'll go and see patients. It's really the nurses that have to keep track of the patients that they're watching, make sure they, they get the care that they need to continue receiving while the move takes place. And as someone who worked, I was working clinically when it happened. I was working at shift seeing patients during the actual movement. I didn't feel like anything had happened, you know. I mean, I went. I just went from a place that was a little more closed in and a little darker to a place that was much more bright, clean, mm-hmm. and wide open. But my patients didn't notice a change in the care. Nobody knows a change in the care. And you'd walk over and they're just watching TV, relaxing, enjoying it. Meanwhile, you know, mentally, I know I was very concerned that everything had gone well, that we didn't miss any patients, that we didn't miss a single beat. And I'm sure Jane, Jane felt the same way. Yeah. But, you know, you will. I mean, the staff was that. very excited. So they, they, everybody wanted to get over there. So Absolutely. that helped. You know? <laughs> so along with yeah. the exciting transition, I know that Rumsey's also partnered with Mount Sinai Health System. Can you tell us a little bit about what it's been like working together with them and how it's benefited the patients and the staff? So the, uh, I, I came from New York Presbyterian, which was you know, a, a larger health system. Mm-hmm. And I came to Richmond University, which is single hospital really making it happen all on their own and there's some benefits to being in that like the people that you work with that you need to get things done are literally right across from you you walk to their office and you get something done you don't have to set up several meetings you don't have to make several phone calls for something like that to happen uh so you can definitely get things done a lot quicker but what you end up missing with that is you end up missing a lot of the depth that comes with working with the system with Mount Sinai, a lot of the experience that comes with working with a system with Mount Sinai, and all of the collaboration that occurs from working with a system like Mount Sinai. So it's helped in terms of partnering and finding more resources for patients if they end up needing them and there's something that we can't meet boldly in the community, you have a new resource to refer them to. It ends up helping with some of the processes that we do with the emergency department because we now have a resource like Mount Sinai to bounce ideas off of and say, how are you doing things in Brooklyn? How are you doing things in Queens? Does any of that make sense for my patient population in Staten Island? And And we've started meeting with them. Uh, Nursing has started meeting with them. So you really can identify the best practice. You can collaborate with, you know, it's just a bigger team and more resources, right? So it's great. ER people talking to ER people, they really understand what the issues are. Like sometimes people don't appreciate exactly what goes on in the ER um, unless you've lived it. So uh, it's very helpful to have uh, you know that collaboration from a nursing perspective. And then a lot of issues in emergency medicine are widespread and broad. Like well, a lot of things that we face and we have challenges with are not unique to us. Mm-hmm. There are issues that other hospitals do and that's definitely why it helps to get other people's perspective and other people's insight on how they're dealing with the problem and seeing if you can apply that to our our community. And then that, the same thing can be said kind of moving on to them. You know, we've had issues that they eventually run into as well that we can then end up inputting some of our own expertise on and giving them a little bit of flavor of Staten Island throughout the rest of the boroughs, which is good. It's perfect. Well, I'd like to thank you, Dr. LeBaron and Jean, for joining us today, for keeping us all safe and healthy and for all that you do. We are very excited to have you here. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you.
In closing, as you've heard, there are highly skilled, experienced medical professionals ready to serve you at the new emergency department and RUMSI's many state-of-the-art facilities in Staten Island and Brooklyn. To learn more about our services, please call 844-934-CARE or visit our website at rumsi.org. We have some exciting events that are coming up that you can take part in and show your support for RUMSI. On Saturday, April 1st, Rumsey will host its annual Arnold Obey 5K Run Walk, which benefits the Wayne Zena Neonatal Intensive Care Unit. Rumsey's Wayne Zena Neonatal Intensive Care Unit has a survival rate of over 99%, which is one of the highest in the country. And your support is needed so that we can continue to save young lives and keep families together. This event will be held at Clove Lakes Park, and if you'd like to register, you can do so by visiting rumsi.si.org backslash 5K. On May 22nd, Rumsi will host its annual Jack Sip Golf Tennis and Bocce Outing at the Richmond County Country Club. For more information and to reserve your tea time, court time, and dinner tickets, please visit rumsi.si.org backslash golf or call 718-818-2106. That about does it for this episode of Rumsey Connections. Thank you for joining us. I'm Meredith Gaskins.